where does he get this weird stuff from? Like weird Egyptian ceremony dot <laughs> That's my favorite website. Yes, that's that's it. I order stuff from there all the time. It's great. <laughs> if you hear about their Black Friday sales though, because they are lit. Sabrina. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Anubis Backwards. Today, we're going to be recapping House of Bribes, House of Venom. So first, before we get started, just want to wish a happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners and to our non-American listeners. Happy Friday. <laughs> happy day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy, happy day after Thanksgiving. Hell day for me. Yes. Yo, y'all got Black Friday in person. Hashtag, hashtag retail employee problems. Everyone send good vibes to Emily. All right. Well, on that note, let's jump into this episode because there's a lot happening. So it starts off, Nina's getting ready for Sarah's funeral and Amber is sitting there venting about losing the election to a mathlete. She then kind of becomes self-aware and apologizes to Nina. And then Fabian reminds Nina that they're always there for her. And Amber gives her money to buy flowers, which is super sweet. So thank you, Amber, for redeeming yourself in the end. Because at first I was like, girl, what are you doing? Someone literally died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, OMG, Amber, not the time, not the place. I was also the same. I was like, Amber, please just shut up for five seconds. And then she was like, oh, that's right. The Sabunas are becoming self-aware. They really are. <laughs> Suddenly, Patricia and Alfie barge into the room. Patricia is angry at Alfie, who thinks Joy might be in on something with all the teachers. Alfie then clarifies that it's Joy's dad that's definitely in on things, but he's not sure about Joy. So Fabian's a little confused because this all happened really fast. And Patricia explains that they were looking through pictures on her phone and Alfie recognized Joy's dad in one of the pictures as someone that he saw in the cellar. I said I love this Petralvi content even though they're bickering like they were just hanging out looking at pictures on Patricia's phone. Right? <laughs> so cute. Um, also like maybe they should just like listen to the guy who uh, witnessed some stuff down there. Yeah Patricia's very defensive of Joy's dad. I get that like she's defensive of Joy because like it's Joy but Alfie obviously saw something and it seems weird that she's <laughs> going so hard for joy's dad right <laughs> also like you think she would immediately like be like oh yeah joy's dad has to be involved because that just totally lines up with her suspicions that something bad happened to joy something like weird happened to joy yeah that makes the whole joy disappearing thing make sense it does but it's fine we didn't no brain cell the week for patricia she's too protective of joy she loves joy too much so realize i know i know it's like becoming her downfall so patricia continues to defend joy but fabian points out that joy did back up her dad's story and then patricia is still defending joy and is like you and her were really close remember and then like glances towards nina and fabian gets all flustered and it was like we weren't that close and patricia just ends up leaving and gets angry I just, like, I love these little Jabian nuggets that they keep dropping, but I also kind of hate them because they never really give us a full explanation. They just keep constantly hinting, like, oh, like, they were really close. And, like, how close were they? We don't, like, were they dating? Were they friends? Were they, like, almost? I don't know. I have a lot of questions. And they were housemates. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They were housemates. That's what we say about everyone on the show. Yeah, it said, were they mutually flirting? Did Joy just have an unrequited crush? How close of friends were they even? Patricia seems to think that Fabian and Joy were really close friends, but Fabian's always like, no. The second Joy disappeared, he was like, whatever, I don't care about Joy. So it's very confusing because Patricia and Joy act like Fabian and Joy are like really close, they're best friends. Joy obviously has a crush on Fabian. 
no knowledge on if Fabian ever like actually flirted back with Joy, whatever. But are they close friends or are they not? Like, are they just people that live together or are Joy, Patricia, and Fabian friends? And it's hard to tell too because every time this gets brought up, like we keep seeing Fabian talk about it in the context of like Nina being there. And so obviously he's not going to be fully honest with Nina being there because he obviously likes Nina now. So he doesn't want to, you know, confuse her in any way. So we'll just like never get the full picture. They were really close friends and they were flirty, but Fabian's trying to like brush it off because he's into Nina and Patricia's like, no, you guys are really close friends. Okay. So here, here's, now that I'm, I I have a thought. Okay, so like, you know, those friendships where they like kind of do everything together. Like, oh, there's a school dance. Like, let's go together. But they never really like date. What if like Fabian and Joy were that? So they were like a couple, but they weren't a couple. But like Joy wanted them to be a couple. And I don't know, like maybe Fabian was just like slightly oblivious. Maybe Fabian was one of those guys where like he's had crushes on girls. But maybe like Nina was the first one he was like able to like be comfortable flirting with or like pursuing romantically whereas joy was always just like that best friend to him maybe i could see that but it still doesn't explain why fabian acts like him and joy aren't even friends like he really said joy disappeared i do not care and like we weren't that close (laughs) (laughs) maybe he didn't want nina to get the wrong impression yeah that's probably true that's what i think yeah also, so, I went on a sidebar, but my note on that scene was just like, Patricia, can you not drag Fabian for five seconds? Honestly, I want to drag Please. Fabian because I want to know what's going on with Fabian and John. <laughs> this is just the writer is slowly building um, Patricia and Fabian en- enemies to lovers. They were just <laughs> starting in season one, getting okay. ready for season three. Well, if you ask Brad, Fabian and Joy are in love, so I'm really <laughs> We need to get Brad back on here. Like, Brad, please tell please us your theory explain for uh, Joy and Fabian's relationship. We need the backstory. Brad, please explain. Brad would probably show up with like a 10 page document of his theory. Be like, anyway, I have the whole script for a uh, JBN Beginnings movie. So here we go, guys. We're going to like read <laughs> it on the pod. <laughs> JBN become homeless, but they make it through anything because they're in love. <laughs> that still like brings I like listen to that episode sometimes just for fun and that like makes me giggle every time it makes me so Iconic. happy <laughs> so Mara's in the dining room doing homework when Jerome approaches her he tells her he caught Mick trying to influence the election with Robbie yesterday Mara seems shocked and says Mick wouldn't do that but Jerome continues saying he didn't think she would want to win unfairly Jerome just needs to screw off I like how last week I was getting hype about Jerome and this week I'm just like yeah, that that's mm-hmm. pretty much behind my mood the this wall episode. to brawl, not to make out to brawl. Oh, that's my mood the next episode. But right now, Jerome isn't wrong. But <laughs> he's doing that's true. I guess way. he's doing the right thing. But like, yeah, it's he's doing the right. He, thing he has for, ulterior motives yeah, for the wrong reasons. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I want to fight him in this chili. The episode after this, I'm really trying to fight Jerome because I am but an Alfie stan. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm I'm next week's host and as someone who doesn't like Jerome on a good day. Mm, I I have (laughs) thoughts as an Alfie stan first and a human second. I have lots and lots and lots of thoughts. (laughs) Can't wait to hear them. All right, so at school, Mara approaches Robbie in the hallway to ask about Mick. Robbie tries to deny everything, but when he turns around, Mara sees extra voting slips in his bag. So then Mara storms off, and Robbie yells after her, saying that she needs to hear the rest of the story. 
Why is Robbie just carrying these voting slips around in his bag? Like, it's the next day. Robbie is dumb. (laughs) Um, I don't know why this note is here, so we're going to ignore it, because I don't think it's for the scene. Anyways, um, Mara, maybe you should just shut up for five seconds and listen to Robbie. Everyone needs to just listen to Robbie. So, Nina goes to Sarah's funeral and leaves flowers on her grave. We also see Victor watching the ceremony from behind a tree. Who are these random people? Also... Poor Sarah got buried as Emily. Um, and I, to that I responded with, stop stealing my identity. Also, identity theft is not a joke, Sarah. <laughs> also, I like how I didn't, for some reason, didn't see Laura's no other one note, but like, did these random people, are they like from the funeral home? Are they like other, are they like staff? Are they like patients? Who are these people? So there's like one really old lady and there's like a young lady. Like, who are you? I bet they're from, like, the nursing home or something. Yeah, But it is strange because they were, like, explicitly, like, she only has one nephew that comes to visit her and no other family, so. So these random people will come to her funeral. Yeah. I mean, it would have been really sad if it was, like, Sarah, just, like, her main nurse and then, like, Victor lurking in the background. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been sad. Speaking of Victor lurking, bro, that was very creepy. And kind of sus. Like, did you kill this, like, 200-year-old woman, Victor? You're looking at her. Yeah, like, why didn't he just come to the funeral like a normal person? And then he comes up, he shows up after, so it's not like people don't see him. It's very strange. Yeah, like, the nurse knows that, like, he invited Sarah over to the house. So maybe she just thought that Victor, like, really enjoyed having Sarah come over to the house. Like, I don't think anyone would think it was that weird if he just came to the funeral like a normal person. Yeah. It's creepier that he was lurking. Yeah, that's so sketch. Also, um, Nina called the priest dumb under her breath because, like, she was, it was something about how, like, the people at her funeral, like, didn't know the real her or something. And she goes, you're dumb. And I was like, ma'am. They don't know. The priest doesn't know. <laughs> Nina getting sassy. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah. I think the priest called her Emily. And then Nina was like, her name is Sarah. You're stupid. But, like, how would he know that? Because it wasn't the assistant like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the hard thing is even, like, like everyone at the home knows her as Emily. So even if you, like, managed, like, to convince, like, let's say her nurse that her real name was Sarah. Like, it's just, like, everyone knows her as Emily. She can't be buried and have a funeral as suddenly as Sarah at, like, 99 years old. <laughs> Like this, yes, let me believe this random teenager saying her real name is Sarah. (laughs) So back at school, Mara is yelling at Mick. He tries to defend his actions saying like, welcome to politics. But Mara is obviously furious and asks if he really thought that she wasn't capable of winning herself. The whole time Jerome is just like smirking in the background because he's so excited that they're fighting. That's when Amber walks in and asks what's going on. And Jerome gleefully explains the whole situation. Amber is, of course, thrilled, saying, like, as if you could beat me with bad hair and muffins. Um, So first of all, go off Mara. Like, I think this was really important for her to call Mick out for, because obviously it was not good of him to do. So so. to that, I agree. But also, ma'am, you are in the middle of, like, a crowded, like, schoolroom. True. not, (laughs) Not in front of the children, Mara. (laughs) <laughs> and there was like a kid like in the background who's like I didn't guess like eyeing up the drama and then like he like gets up and like scurries out and I was like damn he said I and I'm heading out <laughs> Mick going welcome to politi- politics like wow can't believe how uh, 2020 that is 
legit. Did not expect this uh, this arc to really apply to this year the way it kind of is. Yeah, it really is very relevant in this time and place that we are recording this podcast. I just said Nick is so dumb because he really doesn't get why Mara's mad about this whole situation. He's just like, but I made you win and you want it to win. You should be happy. <laughs> And Mara's like, you cheated, I'm mad. And he's like, nah. Like, he's so stupid. Nick is such a himbo. He really is. Because, like, he had good intentions. It was just dumb. It was really dumb. And I said also Jamber. So much Jamber. We've really been blessed these last couple episodes. (laughs) So Amber storms down the hallway to Mr. Sweet's office, pulling down Mara's campaign posters as she goes. When the door opens, Mrs. Andrews and Mr. Winkler are already in the office and they say they're in the middle of something, so they won't talk to her. Fabian was also right there at the door when Amber tried to get their attention, and so he's instantly concerned that Mrs. Andrews and Mr. Winkler are all meeting in Mr. Sweet's office. It just would have been funny, though, if, like, let's say, I know we're going to find out in a few minutes that there was actually no election fraud. It was fake election fraud, and Samara did win fair and square, but it would have been funny if, like, they like took out these fake votes and then it turned out Amelia won and not Amber. Cause they don't even mention Amelia after this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Amelia. They're like, who's Amelia? Like Amber just assumes she won. It could have been Amelia. <laughs> so in the office, Mrs. Andrews is talking about how they may never find the cup of ink now that they have lost the key. They then explain to Jason that the cup of ink is the cup of eternity and the key is the person who knows where it's hidden. Meanwhile, Fabian ran into the girl's bathroom and he's peering through that little hole behind the tile. He overhears them saying that they will be fully initiating Jason into the society tonight. And then just as he's about to like leave, a girl walks up to him and he awkwardly is like, oh, sorry, wrong room. Um, I guess, first of all, this happens like a few times in the episode. They kind of keep using Jason as a device to like explain the plot to us. But I think it's a creative way to do it because it doesn't feel natural. Because I always hate when like in shows they need to give you information and they make it like very, I don't know, like in your face like we're doing like we're doing this because of this but this feels like it feels natural like of course jason doesn't know he's a new member and then like we're also getting the information at the same time as jason so good job writers yeah and then i also just really appreciate fabian being awkward in the bathroom here (laughs) it just made me laugh so did patricia tell fabian there's a peephole into mr sweet's office in the girl's bathroom i was thinking about that i was like is this the first time he's used it because i was like how did he know it was there I don't remember Patricia mentioning it to him, but she could have yeah. off screen. Maybe. Because we've seen Patricia use it. I, I did think about that too. After the funeral, everyone is back in the nursing home. Victor wanders off and peeks into Sarah's old room and he catches Rufus in there rummaging through all of her stuff. So he asks what he's looking for. As they're talking, Nina then peeks into the room and she is shocked to see Rufus in there. Victor tells Rufus that he has something that belongs to him and Rufus thinks he's talking about the elixir, but then Victor is like, no, I'm talking about the items from my safe. Rufus doesn't know what he's talking about, but then he's like, what can I get in return if I give these to you? But Victor's like, I don't do deals. And Rufus says, that's not true because years ago we made a deal to get Sarah's house from her. So that was news for me. I don't remember. Like that was like a, it's such a subtle line, but such a big plot point that like Rufus and Victor literally made a deal and like swindled Sarah out of her house, which is so bad. I missed that when watching this. I also missed that, but like, it's so fast. I almost wonder if it was when she was like older and starting to be go like senile. If they had just like sign the house over to like Victor or something. Or well, because they had that newspaper article about them opening the school, right? So do you think that she they like had her agree to make it into a school? That could be it too. That could have been the deal they were referring to. 
But yeah, I was like, wow, look at this massive plot point that we're just kind of sprinkling quietly. <laughs> okay, but you like, that miss just it. makes the fact that she like is living by like the name of Emily and like basically died alone even sadder. Because like, let's say they did like completely swindle the house from her, or and they like took it when she like had no idea who she was, and like had whatever dementia, Alzheimer's, just something. And then they just, they stole everything. They took her house. They took her identity. It's really sad. Aaron really got done dirty. And it makes me glad that she did have Nina in the end. Like, I think Nina was like a joy in her life until she died. So. And on tonight's depressing things this show did. And we do not address <laughs> enough. Sad in a Nickelodeon way. Very sad. I'm just sad. Not in a Nickelodeon <laughs> way. I'm just sad. The show is like just dark. Sad. It is. Was this? Oh, I'm just waiting for these men to fight. And not to come from Madeline's throat, I'm sorry, but also, like, if I was her and I thought Rufus and Victor were both hot, I guess I'd be really into it if that happened. <laughs> sorry, Madeline, that's Grace's sister, and I love I'm... her, but, like, also, like, she has questionable taste and has some new business. She also lied when we were playing Among Us, when we were supposed to say it when we were the imposter, and she's like, no, not me, and then she, like, killed us all. Madeline is really good at Among Us. She is really good. All right, so back at school, Amber is in the lounge scolding Mick for everything that he did. Suddenly, Mrs. Andrews passes through, and then Mara gets up immediately to follow her and try to come clean to her. Then Amber sees Robbie, and she starts immediately talking to him, trying to figure out what happened. And then he explains that he never actually got to put the extra ballots in the box, meaning that Mara won fair and square. Uh, oh, Amber's saying she's never going to speak to Mick again to Mick's face. Iconic. And it's <laughs> also, I did forget about this whole plot twist. I was shook. Because last week, I think I cut it out of the episode, but I was all, like, talking about how, oh, there was, like, so much election fraud and it was in parallels to real life. Or, like, not actual parallels to real life, but in parallels to what Trump thinks is going on. But, (laughs) fake. But, I was like, oh, Trump thinks that this is, like, the same as, like, what's going on in the U.S. election. Like, there's election fraud. And they were like, well, there's about to be a plot twist. And I was like, What? So then I watched this. I did not remember this. I was like, wow. So just like in our great country of America, there was actually no election fraud. No election (laughs) fraud. The winner won fair and square. I also like that Bruno was like, oh yeah, there wasn't like, it was like plot twists. And I was like, I I vaguely remember this, but like, not really. So it wasn't just you, Laura. (laughs) I feel like I would be even more shocked if I wasn't aware that there was about to be a plot <laughs> Yeah, for some reason, this is one of the plot points that's stuck in my brain. It's because it's a Mikara plot point. The rest of Probably, the yeah. plot's head empty about Mikara. Like, <laughs> Brenna's like, shit, all the Mikara, like, weird cheating plots. <laughs> like, I got you, but don't ask me about Sarah's backstory. Don't remember that. I only remember things about friendship. Like, I'm no thoughts head empty about the mystery. No thoughts head empty about Mikara. Do I remember every Petrofi scene ever? Yes. Do I ever remember all the cute Sabuna stuff? Yes. And then Emily can quote every petty scene word for word. <laughs> uh, you should see me quoting the scene in House of Ori when we find out who Eddie's dad is. Because I, like, straight up just sit there quoting it word for word and then that is somehow my proudest yet most shameful moment i can quote the mikara goodbye scene so i feel you but that's not as long so 
I I can't know. I don't know if there's any scene I can quote. I can pro- I'm pretty sure I can quote the laundry room scene. I could probably quote some of the Piper scenes. I or like to your some talent. extent. Oh, big big heartbroken. Um, sad. Anyway, we have no life. It's fine. We have so- no life. <laughs> we love housing. <laughs> it's fine. It's 2020. There are no rules. Yep, it doesn't matter that I've been able to do this since like 2011. It's 2020. There are no rules. So Mick gets upset when he realizes that Robbie did not hold up his end of the deal. But Robbie points out that Mick also did not hold up his side of the deal either. And that's when Patricia conveniently walks up. So Mick's like, uh, would you be interested in this corrupt, slimy chess geek from the grade below? And then poor Robbie just gets all flustered and was like, obviously not. And like, kind of like runs away. And I felt so bad for him because that was so probably embarrassing for him. Um, But then Jerome walks up to Amber and is just like, if I were you, I'd keep quiet and start planning a party. So my first thought in this scene was like, when Mick was like, oh, do you want this slimy guy? All I could think of was Patricia calling Eddie slimeball. So I was like, Patricia eventually (laughs) wants a slimy guy. (laughs) Not Um, one that commits election fraud. Yes, not that slimy. (laughs) And yeah, just poor Robbie. Is it also Robbie is one year younger than them confirmed? Also Mick trying to explain the deal to Patricia, lol. Patricia really came in at the worst point. And then also if looks could kill because Patricia like looks so mad. But it was like, <laughs> she's like, I wish like to she be was exclu- mad, but she didn't know why she was mad yet. And it was just funny. I wish to be excluded from this narrative. says Patricia. <laughs> I just realized something. This is almost like could be a Mick Trisha plot point because if Patricia had a crush on Mick, how horrible is it to watch your crush be like, hey, do you want to date this other guy? Hey, do you want to like, date this guy that I basically set you up with to help out my girlfriend? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Mara's about to confess to Mrs. Andrews, but then Amber catches up to her and cuts her off before she can speak, saying that the best girl won. Mara is obviously really confused. So then, once Mrs. Andrews walks away, Mick, explain- Mick explains what happened. Mara is still upset though, and says that what he did was wrong. She then goes on to be like, "We bring out the worst in each other. This is over," and breaks up with him. And I am sad, but it's fine. I understand. Uh, Jerome, meanwhile, is like overly thrilled. Like his face is- in the background was really funny. He was like living his best life. And then uh, Amber goes up to try to comfort Mick, but Mick is really upset and it just like kind of storms away. Obviously really sad. So sad about Mick and Mara. It's fine. But very proud of Amber because look at her trying to comfort Mick. Go, yes. go Amber. I, I had lost my notes. I said, Jerome, Mick, and Amber are my friends because when they all came up, it was really cute and they were all like on the same page. I enjoyed it. Also, Amber mentioned charles dickens though i think she made an incorrect reference i feel like it was a joke but i'm not smart enough to know stuff about charles dickens. <laughs> <laughs> i can't even confirm like i just assumed like yeah that must be a charles dickens book it's fine uh, i feel like she made a quote and then she's like that's the name of the charles dickens novel and i'm sure it was supposed to be like an amber's dumb joke but I not accidentally also a we are dumb joke once again i also said once again mick is dumb i mean i'm also dumb but once again mick not still not like realizing that mar should be mad at him for this because he's like you won fair and square it's fine it's whatever <laughs> and, and then i said ouch about old mick being sad and then hammer trying to cover him and him like pushing her away while she was trying to cover him just ouch <laughs> 
So back at the nursing home, Nina is still listening to Victor and Rufus fight. Rufus tells Victor that Joy alone is useless. And Victor's like, I know, I already prepared the seven acolytes. And Rufus is like, you know, like tipping the scales of life isn't what you think it is. I know what it really means. And I know what will actually happen when the chosen one drinks from the cup of ink. And then at that point, Sarah's aide walks in and is like, what's going on? Rufus, like, why the heck are you here? Or calls him Renee because she doesn't know his real name. And then before he can say anything, Rufus just leaves. And then Nina was still in the doorway at that point. So then Victor realizes Nina was there and they just kind of like stare at each other. And it's just this silent acknowledgement that like, I know, you know, and you know, I know. And yeah, fun stuff. So first of all, the first thing I did after this scene was Google what an acolyte is. Because I was like, they keep throwing these weird words at us. And this one, I was like, what does it mean? So according to Google, it is a person assisting the celebrant in a religious service, or it's a assistant or follower. So I wasn't sure if he was referring to like the little coins or the people in his like cult. I think it's the people in his cult. So I think he needs like seven culty people. <laughs> or are they the kids? Like, because he needs seven oh, of the kids. Oh, the kids. I don't know. The kids that they're I, trying to murder. But they're not like his followers, you know? They're not. Yeah. I feel like. But they were on the coin, so I, was, I don't their know. Their names are on the coin. Yeah. Are the accolades the coins? Are they the cult members? Are they the children? <laughs> I, I think it's the cult members, but yeah. I was like, because they, they keep like, I mean, like, anks, they keep being like the anks, the pieces, the like. <laughs> so many things. Um, and then, like, this whole Rufus and Victor scene, both of them, they really, like, jam-packed a lot of details into these two little scenes, and it all happened so fast, and I feel like I picked up so much that I normally didn't pick up, because normally, like, when I've watched these, I've always binged, so. The writers wild. being like, we need to, like, throw all this detail about the mystery, because we got, like, three episodes left of this season. We, got, we, got, we gotta let them know. We gotta move. I also said, how did they not see Nina the whole time she was standing there? She was, like, two feet away from them. They were too busy yelling at each other. The nurse tells Rufus, you of all people should show some respect, so I think the Rufus is the nephew thing is also confirmed. I think, I thought she actually called him her nephew, but I can't remember now. I don't think she said he was a nephew, but she did say, like, you of all people need to show respect, which I feel like implies that she thinks they're related or something. All I remember is I watched today's episode in chunks at work, and I strictly remember watching this part in the break room, and I don't know if that's when I was eating up leftover chicken wings my coworker gave me, or if that was on an earlier break, but either way, I was standing in the break room, and I specifically remember standing in front of the fridge while this was going on. Anyways, vivid vivid remembering time with Emily. Um, (laughs) I also love that I, like, completely repressed the fact that, like, Rufus was Sarah's nephew somehow and then I was just like yeah Cannon thanks for supporting my theory What yeah. I just repressed that shit probably I just thought though that this was a cover up because isn't Rufus the same age as Victor and Sarah because they all found yes. him at school together he's so not actually he be a nephew but I think he told the nurse that he was yeah I what? thought that was just like cover up but I wouldn't I, I still kind of think they're related they could be potentially related because they're at least adopted siblings. Yeah. Well, that's why I think that she got put in the old folks' home when she was starting to go see Niall by Rufus and maybe even Victor as well. And El Camp couldn't be Victor. Victor didn't know where she was. Um, by Rufus. And sorry, I like know what I want to say, but my brain does not want to make 
connect point A to point B to like say it out loud. So like maybe that's I know what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. No thoughts head empty. And that is the end of the first half of this episode. So let's hear from our sponsor. So back at the house, Nina tells Sabuna everything that she heard and confirms that Joy is the chosen one. Patricia wonders, though, if she's not choosing to be the chosen one because she still doesn't think Joy would have any like malicious intent. Nina also explains how Rufus was kicked out of the society and that Victor thinks Rufus stole the puzzle pieces that they have. And then she's also like, they were calling them ink pieces, so they must be more than just clues. And then Fabian jumps in and was like, well, I overheard the teachers saying that Jason is being initiated tonight. And then before they can really talk anymore, Victor walks in and asks to see Nina. This tilted camera angle, kind of cool, but also why? Film major Brent, help! <laughs> I noticed that too. I like it. It's kind of awkward to me. I don't think it was a good choice. But yeah, it was kind of like, why is it tilted? <laughs> if I had to deeply analyze, it's probably like representing that you know things are turning upside down and the mystery is starting to get out of control. (laughs) Like they like messed up their tripod. (laughs) I know. And because it was almost like zooming in to like the way it was set up, it almost looked like it was on like a jib or something and not a tripod. I don't know. It was just a very weird shot. I'm glad you noticed it too. Their tripod like was not straight and they were just like, whatever. (laughs) So yeah, I think it was probably just like spooky. Things are not as they seem. The mystery is picking up. Spooky camera angles. (laughs) (laughs) Like weird camera angle, (laughs) brother. And once again, I love Victor and Catrazi and brain cells of Fabino. They're giving us a lot of information right now. So Victor starts interrogating Nina in his office, saying that he knows that she knows everything about Sarah. Nina doesn't completely deny it, but she kind of tries to play it off and was like, oh, Sarah wasn't always like with it um, when they talked. So Victor then is like, okay, we're going to play this game. And is like, Rufus Zeno is extremely dangerous and I can protect you if you work with me. And Nina's just like, all I know is that Rufus is after Joyce's dad and that's why she's hiding. Exactly what you told me before. And then Victor, before he can say anything else, gets distracted because Trudy starts calling for Victor and he just like kicks Nina out of his office. So first of all, guys, we finally did it. Nina successfully lied. That was a very solid lie. Very proud of her. Nina did one good lie out of like 700 (laughs) awful ones. And I think this might be her only good lie. It's fine. Nina props for the single time she's ever been good at lying. As in her saying Sarah, she called Sarah not exactly Sarah Clarity Smythe. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) That was a good line. And I said Nina's hair looks good and she's wearing a very 2011 look of a long sleeve shirt underneath a (laughs) t-shirt. Um, I feel like a lot of Nina's looks are very 2011. I love peak 2011 fashion. Why did we dress like that? I can't wait till it comes back in fashion. Right. What, the long sleeve under t-shirt look? Yeah, it's gonna come back eventually. Oh no. (laughs) You know I'm gonna be like into it. I do still wear like long sleeves under like a tank, like a a dress. Yeah, that's coming back, and that wasn't a thing. I'll wear, like, a turtleneck underneath, like, a spaghetti strap dress. (laughs) I can't even hate on... I can't even hate on Nina, because I do do that. I would do that, too, with a dress, so... (laughs) That's just different with a t-shirt. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the t-shirt... It's the spaghetti strap versus being a Mm t-shirt. And a dress versus just, like, a shirt. Yeah, like, I don't know if I wear a long-sleeve shirt under a tank top versus wearing a long-sleeve shirt under... A dress. Mm-hmm. Or like, 
um, I don't remember where in the scene, but Victor says something like Sarah's connected to the house. And I'm just like, wow, really? Sarah Frobisher Smythe is connected to the Frobisher Smythe's house? Who would have thunk? <laughs> Who would have thunk? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, do we think Victor actually wants to protect them from Rufus, or do you think Victor's just being shady? Okay, I think that he does want to, I think he wants to protect Joy from Rufus, and I think to do that, he has to protect the other students from Rufus. But, like, I don't think he wants to protect them because he cares about them. I think he wants to protect them because he cares about the elixir. Yes, Fair. that's how I feel. I like, Victor toes the line between F them kids and, like, I want to protect them kids. But, like, also he seems to have selfish motives. But, like, also by tour, I'm like, wow, I love Victor. So I'm... True. Okay, Victor never does anything to the kids that would intentionally get them killed. Like, he, he does accidentally get them killed. There's a that has several times. Actually, in um the end of season three, he's like Loki, just like legitimately evil. But like, but that, but he's that in also tour, the best. But then in tour, I'm like sad, and Victor like leaves, and I'm like, why? Because Victor is actually kind of a villain. I mean, Victor did save Joy's life in the season two finale. That's fair. That's true. Victor's like he does have a heart in com- there somewhere. Complex just... character. I know. Probably one of Which the I enjoy. more complex characters on the show. For sure. I think he's actually Jenny. If we get in, want to get into it, I think he might actually be one of the most dimensional characters on the show. Yeah. 100%. I would agree with that, yeah. I also think he's one of the most fleshed out ones because we see like yeah. a lot of his motives and stuff for like the things he does. And we see like a lot of backstory for Victor. Mm-hmm, which is huge. Which is a lot, especially for like a quasi-villain character. I don't know. Is Victor a villain or is Victor just like the antagonist of I feel like you could write a whole essay on that. Yeah. Can I write? I could write a school essay. I'm no longer in school over. Um... Would not be my first House of Anubis essay. So. And it won't be my last. It's time for our weekly tangent. What kind of nonsense will it be today? It's the tangent of the week. <laughs> I did uh, write, write House of Anubis into an essay I wrote about violence in children's media. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote about crack shipping. <laughs> <laughs> a whole five-page paper analyzing crack shipping. See, us having this podcast is just very unbred. <laughs> and yeah. analysis of how some new in educational context. Yeah, for reference, I took a whole class on like fandom and fandom culture, See, that's so that's so why my fun. crack shipping essay was relevant. I forget. Um, I took yeah. a class on like media to some extent. I forget exactly what class it was, but I took a class about media and I wrote an essay about like violence and its impact on children and I wrote like different types of violence in like video games and TV shows aimed at children and I brought in House of Anubis because obviously there's a lot of <laughs> dark stuff going on in House of Anubis. So I think that, that checks I, out, though. I said that it portrayed it okay because you never actually saw anyone actually being violent. It was very fantasy. Type. I also know because I also we discussed violence in children's media and classes, and there was like a study that basically said like violent video games don't actually make children more violent. So, fun fact: when they go downstairs, Victor signs for a mysterious package in a wooden crate. Sabuna seems suspicious, so they regroup at the kitchen table, and Fabian's like, 
what's the box? I wonder if it's for the ceremony. And that's when Jerome walks in and he's like, what ceremony? No one answers. So he's like Alfie and Alfie makes up a lie about uh, Victor buying a robot girlfriend to marry. And Jerome's like, fine, keep your secrets and just leaves. <laughs> I do feel, like kind of feel bad for Jerome because he's at a point now where he has like no friends because Alfie now found his new friend group and Mara has, well, I guess Mara doesn't have Mick, but like Mara has Mick. And that's probably like lonely for him. But he did kind of push away Alfie, so I also, like, don't feel bad. I don't know. Maybe if he didn't treat his friends like shit. True. He does not treat Alfie very nice. I do feel sad for him, but he is also not very nice to Alfie. But, wow, Spoona finally got caught for saying secret of things in a public place. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I also thought Robot Girlfriend was funny. Robot Girlfriend is actually me with my actual mic and not my headphones. Because, <laughs> as I always say, I sound like a robot, so... You are Victor's robot wife. Congratulations on the wedding. Maybe Alfie's <laughs> Sorry, can Madeline. Be... Yeah, Madeline can gladly be Victor's robot wife. I do not want that title. You um, could be Alfie's robot wife. That's Madeline fine. does not listen to our podcast, but I hope Grace gets a kick out of us coming for Madeline. <laughs> Grace, pass the word along. <laughs> Grace, tell Madeline we came for her throat. <laughs> Okay, Victor getting a package and my brain just went the you just got a letter. You just got a letter. It's not even relevant to the scene, but that's Wonder who it's from. That's just exactly where my brain went. Where does he get this weird stuff from? Like weird Egyptian ceremony dot com? That's my favorite. Yes, that's that's it. I order stuff from there all the time. It's great. (laughs) They just added two days of free shipping. It's wonderful. Did you hear about their Black Friday sales, though? Oh my god. I know. I can't wait to buy so many weird reptiles. Oh, I love to buy weird reptiles, taxidermy, some some masks, some some robes. (laughs) All right. So that night, Sabuna meets in the kitchen and prepares to watch the initiation. Amber is... Well, first she shows off her like bag of stuff she brought and then she starts to get nervous. And while she's talking about how she's nervous, the little oven passageway door thing just suddenly swings open on its own and everyone's kind of freaking out. But Nina's like, it's okay, guys. It's just the house. It's just the house telling us it's okay, which I don't know. That's not really comforting to me, but (laughs) they're like, all right, here we go. They're about to go down there and Patricia's like, I'm going to stay back and do something. And Nina's like, joy. And Patricia just nods. That Amber's like, bye. Also, she's wearing leggings with her PJs today. I'm assuming probably because they're about to um, sit down on the cellar. So that's what I figured. Short yeah. dress. Also, <laughs> Amber being like, I hate it when the house talks. Felt that. Also, once again, Me too. Read, read that nursery decks pick, everyone, because this is also about the house talking and they have the same vibe. If you like check, please. <laughs> also, vote check, please, and Goodreads Choice Awards finalist. <laughs> This is not relevant to House of Movies, but you guys should go do it anyway. It's just further proof that Laura is the fourth book, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm promoting certain books for the Goodreads. <laughs> okay, so the rest of Sabuna sneaks into the basement and finds a place to hide. Alfie complains that he's cold, so Amber is like, don't worry, I have stuff in my bag, and like gives him this like furry sweater thing for him to wear. And then Fabian's like, actually, yeah, I'm kind of cold too, so Amber hands him a blanket, and then She's like, oh, Nina, do you want a blanket too? And pulls out this bright red blanket. And Nina's like, no, it's too bright. Like, we'll get noticed. So that's when Fabian's like, you can have mine. And then they like cutely share the blanket together. It was really sweet. So 
Amber has really shown some character development in this scene. You know, if we think back to early season one, when her being prepared was like garlic necklaces and lucky heels, look at her now bringing actually useful things. Very proud of her. I am also proud of her. The Bible says always be prepared. Um, Also, look at Fabina being cute. It's been a bit since we had a cute Fabina moment. I really just like all the like subtle moments in ship. So I thought like something like sharing a blanket. I was like, wow, this is like grade A ship content. Thank you. And then like when, as soon as Fabian offered Amber and Alfie were like glancing at each other, like, huh? huh?" It was really funny. It was cute. Whole thing was cute. Their their faces at the flirty is iconic. And also me and my one coworker's exact faces. And we look at each other after our two coworkers keep flirting every five seconds. (laughs) Oh, my last thought on this scene was that Sabuna found a really shitty hiding spot. They're literally just hiding behind a wall. They could be found so easily. (laughs) Someone just needs to walk over there. Dumb. Okay, so upstairs, Patricia is secretly watching as Victor lets in the members of the society. As soon as the coast is clear, she runs upstairs to his office. Uh, Oh, Patricia is just under the table. See, that's a good hiding spot. No one was going to look there. (laughs) Downstairs, the society is getting ready to initiate Jason. Victor explains that he is living proof that the elixir of life works, as he is 95 years old. However, there is only a small amount of the elixir left because Victor's father had an accident before he could pass on the secret. Joy's dad explains that once they drink the elixir from the cup of ink, they can achieve eternal life, therefore not needing to create any more elixir. So then Victor starts chanting and places an Anubis mask on Jason and Sabuna's just sitting there like shook, which I don't blame them because that's a lot to take in. Jason just saying you look amazing for not, for 95 to Victor. <laughs> <laughs> I said also Jason looks hot. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> As per usual. Also, they very loudly whispered that that was Joy's dad. Um, I also like the small allusion to Victor's dad's demise like it does look at that they said he had an accident he does indeed have an accident as we find out in season two love that don't love that but love that upstairs patricia is rummaging through victor's office she finds the password to his computer under corbier and logs in her talking to corbier was funny um hacker voice i'm in we're in that was a disney reference if someone got that we can be friends we get it you work for disney one day we will all hang out at Disney and I'll show you what ride that reference was on. Yeah, what are you talking about? I was referencing the pre-show video to um, Dinosaur Animal Kingdom. I don't think I've ever been on Dinosaur Animal oh, Kingdom. Oh, one of my favorite rides. I, I was just, emo- I, the only ride at Animal Kingdom I remember is that Bugs Life thing in the tree because it emotionally traumatized me as a child. That is traumatizing. You don't even remember the safari, the best part of Animal Kingdom? No, because I was so traumatized by that Bugs Life thing with the bugs crawling all over you. And I yeah. was like four and I was like... That, yeah, it is traumatizing. That and Rock and Roller ride. Coaster, because again, my parents put me on it as a four-year-old. I was having a very traumatizing time at Disney World as a four-year-old. We'll make it better. <laughs> I like Disney World, too. So then we see Jerome, who is in his room. He wakes up and he realizes that Alfie is gone. So he kind of like gets up and leaves the room trying to figure out what's going on. This is so irrelevant to the plot, but why is Jerome sleeping on like a decorative pillow of a Union Jack? I feel like boys don't understand you're not supposed to sleep on decorative pillows. It's gotta be uncomfortable. Right? Back in Victor's office, Patricia video chats Joy, 
and she's like half awake and is like what are you doing but patricia wastes no time and is like what do you know about the chosen one and joy is very quiet and so patricia's like oh man like you were involved weren't you like i was defending you all this time and then joy explains that it's all her dad's fault and that he's been conned into victor's weird organization and that she's the chosen one because of like her birthday and all that and Joy doesn't seem to know much more than Sabuna has already figured out for themselves. And poor Joy is just like, I don't want to be the chosen one. I just want to be normal. And it's oh, sad. Oh, I had a bunch of notes. I said, why was Joy conveniently in the computer room when Patricia called? <laughs> because she looked like she was like mad that Patricia was about to like wake her up when she was going to bed. But also she was in the same room as the computer to even see the video. <laughs> well, maybe true. she like... Well, also just the concept of a computer room is so 2011. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I said... <laughs> Joy looks cute. Uh, what were you saying, Emily? Maybe she couldn't sleep and she was like, or about to fall asleep or whatever, watching a movie on the computer. And then I was like, I'm going to go to bed. And the Patricia was like, calling. Um, on YouTube, watching, typing in like, Snow White full movie. <laughs> 1990, whatever. Or not 1990, I'm sorry. Truly. No, you know she's typing in Twilight. Yes. <laughs> she's watching interviews of Edward Cullen. <laughs> And I said, Joy looks cute. She has on like a pink like turtleneck sweater. I'm into it. I would wear that. <laughs> and then Joy, 500 crying emojis. And I said, I want to watch TV and hang out with you and take physics tests. I want to be normal. More crying emojis. I'm just really sad for Joy. And then Patricia was like, text me your new number. So I said, does she have Patricia's number memorized? I don't know. I feel like I still kind of knew some people's numbers in 2011. I know my parents' numbers, Maybe. and that's pretty much it. But Joy and Patricia are like best friends, and may or may not be in love. So like, get checked. <laughs> may or yeah. may not be in love. <laughs> I was gonna say, make sure you add that may or may not be in love part. <laughs> it's very relevant. Joy, like, I th- genuinely thought like Joy mentioned that she was like sleeping when she Patricia called, but like, I was wrong. But Joy was like so like not willing to be in that co- not ready to be in that conversation at all. Like, ma'am. She was definitely sleepy and like, why are you calling me this late at night? Yeah. Gonna get us both in trouble. Truly. So after this, we cut back to Jerome, who then peeks into Nina and Amber's room and realizes that they're also gone. (laughs) Brain cell to Jerome. OMG. Look at him go. In the cellar, the initiation continues. Victor pulls a snake out of a box and drops its venom into a skull cup. And then he lifts the cup to hand to Jason, but then Amber yells, yuck, and the ceremony stops because Victor's like, what's going on? And he goes to investigate. Meanwhile, we see like a rat on the ground. And then the episode ends. So this is why they named this episode House of Venom, if anyone was confused, because I definitely was before I started watching it. Are they straight up drinking snake venom? Isn't that like poisonous? <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> Rough era has entered the <laughs> I just said no brain cells to the adults for not seeing the Sabunas, and then I said, oh, no, now they are the... <laughs> so yeah, that's our cliffhanger. So, mm-hmm. a lot happens in this episode, and yet for some reason, I feel like I only took, I barely took any notes. I feel like there's a lot to, like, process, you know, like, not necessarily a lot to calm, like, leave comments on, just a lot to, like, digest. Yes. So, ship of the week. I nominated Fabina for their cute little blanket moment. <laughs> I said Joy Trisha, but in a sad way. <laughs> That's what I was just giggling at. I was reading the note and I just read the in a sad way and my brain just went to Brad going, you have to be sad in a Nickelodeon way. <laughs> Joy Trisha in a sad way. Sad in a Joy Trisha way. 
Okay, brain cell of the week. I first put Patricia because I thought it was smart that she like snuck up to go talk to Joy and like get some direct answers from her. That was smart. I, I did say Jerome was being smart, very sleuthy for uh, catching the Sabunas and realizing they're up to something and trying to figure out what it is. Yeah, that was also very smart because no one else in the house is figuring it out. So, well, I guess at this point, the only other people in the house are just Mick and Mara. Mick and Mara but... are too wrapped up in their relationship drama and Mick wants to sleep and eat and play sports. Even if Mick knew something was going on, he would just be like, whatever, I need to like go take a nap or go on a run or eat some I need to nap while I run. <laughs> Alright, so I was going to try to think of a fun game and then I didn't, so ship to rip it, anyone? <laughs> yeah, we haven't played in Link 3. Which also, I'm going to add, by the way, if any of you guys have fun games that you guys want us to play, if you have any ideas, DM us on Instagram or tweet us or email us. Like, yeah, if there's something you think would be fun. Alright, so ship to rip it. These should be nicely tossed now, too, since like we played with Caitlin. So. First, we have our Season 2 hero, Giles. <laughs> From the ping pong I tournament. I don't know what I thought you were going to say, but it wasn't I thought you that. were going to say Eddie Miller. Same. <laughs> and Giles, we are shipping today with Alfie. Uh, it's Alfie a no for me, better. dog. It's a no for me, dog. Yeah. Alfie does deserve better. Giles is a cheater. Rip it. Next we have Jerome Clark and Eddie Miller. Hmm. People ship this. Someone made a good point that Eddie only calls people, only has nicknames for two people, Patricia and Jerome. So like... What does he call Jerome? Jerry. Oh. Hmm. So is that like flirty? Maybe. <laughs> I, I feel like I Jerome and Eddie it. have similar personalities other than Jerome is trash and Eddie is not. I'm looking, I'm thinking respectfully. <laughs> I think they could bond over their daddy issues. Yeah. And... Their dads were BFFs. Maybe their dads That's were true. boyfriends. Who knows? And then they're destined to be boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to leave it and ship it. Yeah, I'd ship it. <laughs> All right. Next we have Mara Jaffray. Mara Jaffray. Mara and Ben. Ben? Yes. Sure, sure, why not? Yeah. I think I can get behind that. That would be fun. <laughs> We're all just like, great, sure. We're like, <laughs> why not? To say. I feel like Eddie, well, Eddie and Ben are like rivals, but like, Eddie as a friend of Mara's would be like, hmm. <laughs> That's true. Hmm. And I feel like it would be interesting. It would be interesting. Be interesting to, have to see how that affected their friendship. Uh, Brenna. Me. Yes. And Nina. Uh-huh. I don't think Nina's my type. I don't know. Nina's uh <laughs> no, you don't deserve that. I deserve better than Nina. Yes. I need someone who wouldn't say ask Eddie. Yes. I don't like to be I mean like to. I think you're messy enough that you could maybe try to go for someone that would pull an ask Eddie on you, but I think that's you deserve true. better. Thank you. I would agree. I guess that's fair. <laughs> I'm also messy enough. With the messier that I deserve better. The problem with both. I am also messy, so I'm not coming for Brenna at this because I'm also very We've we decided the that the Sagittarius's are the messiest sign. It's true. Can the, confirm. The, the way that was brought up will be deleted from this episode, but... It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Steph, because I know you're not messy. 
but all other Sagittarius and I'm friends with a lot of Sagittarius and I'm sorry I love you but you're messy as hell and so am I <laughs> and we're in this together that's all I'm gonna say and Taylor Swift is a Sagittarius but you can't tell me that Taylor Swift is not I mean I don't think now because she's in a happy healthy relationship but you can't tell me Taylor Swift is not messy <laughs> she was definitely messy but I respect her <laughs> I respect her for it we got a lot of great songs out of it and I love I her and I trust Taylor Swift only <laughs> Her messiness had her write songs about being messy, which then helped me when I was being messy. Yes. She's very relatable as a messy. All right. How many more should I do? Like Two more. Two. That sounds good. Okay. We're like flying through these today. There's not much to discuss. <laughs> All right. We have Piper. Ooh. Yeah. Actually, we'll see. It depends who we get. Piper and Amber. I think we've discussed this one. So we've discussed we this, so we gotta pull something. Put Amber back. Piper and oh no, that was Patricia. <laughs> no, <laughs> Patricia ew. Back. I should I put Patricia back. I, I want them to be sisters and best friends as twins. I want them to get along. I enjoy their their relationship as sisters and twins <laughs> and sisters. <laughs> yeah, I okay, was thinking like, watch you pull Patricia. Ew. No, we Piper and Willow. Piper and Willow. Is that like a similar situation of Piper and uh, Amber, which is like this weird love triangle situation? I feel like we've done this one too. In which case, I kind of ship it. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. (laughs) We do a lot of shipping with it. I feel like they'd either be into each other or Piper would be done with Willow. I think it would be short-lived. Yeah. It could be a fun little fling. would be exciting. So like half ship it. Ship it, but not endgame. Okay, last one. No incest today. <laughs> we have Mick. I hope you pull Patricia. Well, she did put Patricia back since we didn't want incest. Uh, ew. Well, Mick and Emily. That's Emily, front of man, so Emily no. would be done with Mick. I think you would not. You'd be like, this boy is dumb. You'd be- <laughs> Emily would be so done with Mick for a mm-hmm. bag. But maybe you'd put him in his place. I don't know. Might rip that. No, I don't chip <laughs> it. No. Also, it's your man, so. Thank you. I respect that. So, thank you. Ship it or rip it. I don't know. Who am I thinking? That was ship it or rip it. Great. Thank you <laughs> thank for you. listening to us. <laughs> ship or rip characters. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think of those ships. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in this week. As usual, you should check us out on social media. Our Twitter is at Anubis Podcast. Our Instagram is at Anubis Backwards Pod. Our TikTok is also at Anubis Backwards Pod. You can email us, Anubis Backwards Pod at gmail.com. Am I missing anything else? I think that's it. Yeah, so we always like hearing from you guys. Let us know what you think of the episodes. DM us, whatever you want. And send in voice memos. If you have any like vivid thoughts you want to share with us and it'd be easier to talk about it, you might get featured on the show. So go to anchor.fm slash backwards and submit your voice memos. It'll be a fun time, I promise. Yeah, we're almost <laughs> done season one. So if anyone has hot takes about anything left in season one or the season in general. Put them out there. I don't know why I just did finger guns or whatever the hell I was just doing them. You can see it. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next week so much I wanted to say the way I see it is there anyone the moon